the Pokemon Variety Hour, the podcast where we talk about a variety of different Pokemon topics. I am your host, Riley, joined, of course, by my wonderful co-host, Penguin Mage. Say hello, Penguin Mage. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Come on, you could have put a little more twang on that. Come on. <laughs> the child is asleep, so I can't be as uh, enthusiastic as I normally would be. Your child, your child will immediately awaken to the sound of a southern accent. It's like his trigger. He's just immediately just like, like who, who the fuck is this? Who is this person? <laughs> who is this southern person around me? <laughs> Howdy, y'all! I'm Penguin Mage. <laughs> that's, that's the band. Good job, everybody. We did it. Uh, Gingy's here. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, my wallet at this particular time is not happy with me. Unfortunate. What did you buy something big that you shouldn't have bought? Yes. What'd you buy? Is it a Pokemon related I... thing? Yes, it is. All right, Jinji. Well then I guess that perfectly segues me into this question. <laughs> Jinji, what have you been doing in Pokemon lately? I managed to secure the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh Switch OLED edition. Bathed, fuck yes. Dude, it's it's fucking gorgeous, man. I actually haven't seen it, so let me let me take a look real quick while I'm here and we're talking about it. Uh, of course, uh, I'll post it in recording chat, or would you want me to re- put put it somewhere else or host chat? I'm, I'm googling it right now. There's no need. <laughs> Too late. Okay, let's let's take a look. Okay, I'll take it back. Or take a picture of the back of the console too for you, really. Um, listeners, it's not the best. Or I guess for for like a listening medium, it is not. Well, you I mean, know, if you, you want to see what the Switch you, looks like, go on to fucking Google. You're the guy who did a podcast where you played Uno, so. Yep. <laughs> when it comes to not good for a listening medium, I think you're the expert <laughs> on the matter. Yeah, <laughs> straight. This looks oh, yeah, that's, really that's cool. the back of the Switch. This looks really sick. I'm a big fan of this. So yeah, I got it uh, this morning, and I have been very slowly migrating all... I mean, I moved all of my save data from all of my Switch games from my old Switch to this new one, but I have to re-download all of the games. That's going to take a minute. Yeah, that's going to take a while, unfortunately. Right. um, Besides that, you know, playing uh, Pokemon Go... Um, Riley, I know I made a passing comment to you uh, about this recent Halloween event and how pissed off and butthurt I was in not getting a shiny Yamask. I vaguely remember something to that effect. Um, before the Halloween event ended, I had one last batch of the seven kilometer eggs that you get from opening gifts. And if you opened gifts during the Halloween period, you would get, you know, themed eggs. Right, that primarily focus, you know, goes to dark type Pokemon. Okay. And it was uh, the sixth egg out of nine. I hatched a shiny Galarian Yamask. Hell yeah, let's go! Got him. And then I'll post a screenshot because I am. Oh, thank you, me six. I'm now level seven. <laughs> you wow. In your own podcast Discord server, you finally reached level seven. What a what a crowning achievement! 
um, besides Pokemon Go, you know, I've been playing Cafe Remix like I typically do. Um, I have been playing Pokemon Masters, and I, I was I was hyped a bit when I pulled uh, this Sync Pair unit, and I, I really like it. I like the outfit with Hilda, and more importantly, the Pokemon that she was paired with. Uh, she was paired with Victini, right? Yeah, I have okay. posted the screenshot in the host chat. Let me scroll back because Demi DMs me and I can never find this fucking Digimon on the front of the server. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, that looks so good. The The model looks... I love this outfit. Right? I adore this outfit. That's sick as hell. Um, Console-wise, you know, migrating to the new Switch, but I have been playing Legends Arceus. Just, you know, take my sweet time, you know, filling out the uh, Pokedex and everything so I can attempt to get to Arceus before Scarlet and Violet come out. That is uh, kind of unfortunate that the boss fight with Arceus is, is locked behind completing the Pokedex. <laughs> I feel like that's I mean, I can understand. Um, I can say, though, I caught a shiny Dartrix just by going through the massive mass outbreaks. Nice. Uh, oh, um, a Hisuian uh, slick glue got away from me. A shiny one. Oh no! I was in a I was in a Gumi mass outbreak, right? And caught all the Gumis, yeah. and then with these massive uh, mass outbreaks, you, know, you catch all the Pokemon. Then a second wave will form. Well, the second wave was a bunch of slick glues, and there was a shiny one. And before I could throw a Pokemon to start a battle with it, it despawned. Oh man, that sucks so bad. Yes, I was I was very much uh, butthurt over the situation. Genji, you know, you win some, you lose some. You'll you'll get a nice shiny slugger someday. Someday over the exactly. rainbow. What about you? So Pokemon wise, um, well, first of all, fun good news. Uh, so me and Penguin talked about this. I believe last time we recorded, which is like fucking three weeks ago, uh, uh, we we were both participating in the Blastburn Radio uh, PU Draft League, um, and we fought each other on that episode. It was pretty cool. You should check it out if you haven't heard it. Uh, we brought we brought back the showdown segment, by the way, Gingy. I don't know if you listen to your own show, uh, but we did. The showdown segment is back for any episode in which we don't have a quiz. <laughs> so it has returned. Oh. The the prodigy. Or the, the the prophecy. Does that mean? Does that mean we're doing a, a uh, yes, showdown? Uh, yes, I forgot to tell you, which is why we're probably gonna do Gen Seven random battles. I would have had us build OU teams if I remembered to tell you in advance, but <laughs> it's gonna be random battles because I did not remember to tell you in advance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the news on the draft league is that I won. I fucking Hell yeah, won, dude. What what was your what was your winning draft? Uh, you mean like my my final team? Yeah. My... Yes. Okay. Let me let me pull it up to make sure I remember all six. Showdown. Did you win the prize with Blastburn? Or... Um, I got I got to be the pie cunt, and <laughs> I I got my special Discord role, which is nice. pretty sick. That that I came up with because um. The last draft league they had they had like two draft leagues and those draft le- and two like drafts and those drafts were actually like there was like a high tier 
draft and like a lower tier draft. This time they did two drafts, but there was no difference between them. They didn't like tier like who went where. They just kind of like split them into two drafts. Um, so before, and there was also a loser bracket. So there was top cunt, middle cunt, and bottom cunt. Uh, there's there's some Australians in the server. It's funny. Um, I was the bottom cunt because I did win the losers bracket. So I I was the I was the resident bottom cunt for quite some time. Uh, but uh, once it came around this time, we're like, there's not really a top or a middle anymore. Um, so we gotta we gotta think of a new a new cunt related name. Um, we, they were workshopping in the chat, and I was <laughs> they were talking they were like dragon cunt and apple cunt but wait but they're both dragons because it was like the appleton league and the the flapple league and then i came up with apple cunt and pie cunt and that's what stuck so i won i won the appleton league i am the pie cunt nice. <laughs> i reign <laughs> i reign supreme as the pie cunt uh it, it's pretty cool I, i'm glad this is the first draft league i've ever won uh <laughs> I, I I've I'm very famous for being the guy who loses in round one of playoffs. Like my draft performance is always I, I have a, a pretty good draft record, all things considered. I'm pretty sure that like more than half of the draft leagues I've participated in, I've made it to playoffs, which is an achievement within itself. But literally every time I've lost playoffs one round one. Every fucking time. <laughs> but this time I did not. I I, I won playoffs. I won the game. So there you go. Pe- Penguin Mage unfortunately did not qualify for playoffs. <laughs> womp womp. But yeah, that's that's draft league news. And then have I done anything else? Pokemon. Uh, well, I, I did do one very specific thing, Pokemon. But we're saving that for a little bit later. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. By a little bit later, I mean probably like one minute from now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched some more of that uh, that YouTuber I talked about with Penguin. Um, are you familiar with Professor Alex Silver at all, Jinji? Uh, sounds familiar. Hey, he's a he's a YouTuber who does videos about like uh, the history of like po- a Pokemon belonging to a trainer in an anim- in the anime. Like he does, oh, he's okay. in the history of a bunch of Ash's Pokemon and like some of Brock's and some other people. Um, he's really good. And I like watching him, and I watch more, and I like the anime is pretty sick, <laughs> and I I like consuming it in this way rather than watching twelve hundred episodes. <laughs> uh, I think we might be approaching two thousand. I checked the episode count recently because I had for for a purpose, and I think we're getting pretty close to two thousand. Nice. Oh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Although I am, I am hearing rumors on the rumor mill on the grapevine that Pokemon Journeys may be the last of the anime as we know it. That's that's what I hear. That's the whispers I hear in the wind. I don't know if I buy it, but that's what I'm hearing. I don't, I don't see it ending. I mean, I hope in a way it does, because you know I'm tired of Ash's bullshit. Like the guy just needs to fuck retire. Listen, I like Ash, okay? I'm a sucker for Ash. People, they give him shit. I- I'm an Ash guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's He does some and dumb he, things he, occasionally. <laughs> dumb. The dude had a evolved mythical Pokemon and decided to leave it behind. The dude well, he, had, he a had a special one. As long as I remember, just to stay with his friends, it, it doesn't fucking 
you have an evolved mythical Pokemon that you didn't keep. You had a special one-of-a-kind Greninja that you decided to let go so he can, you know, help Kalos. No, fuck that. Like, special Greninja, he's staying with me. Well, you had see, a overpowered Charizard. Yeah, he did. Indeed, he did. Ash Ketchum is meant to be a character with a strong sense of compassion for his Pokemon to the point where his his performance in battle is not his top priority. That he he's into battling and his performance in battle is important, but he he more cares about how his Pokemon feel and what's best for them. So when what's best for them is not being with him, he is perfectly willing to make that sacrifice for the good of them, uh, despite he his. He's a shitty trainer. trainer. He's a great trainer. He's a fucking he a amazing trainer. trainer. <laughs> shitty trainer. Okay, well, you're wrong, but sure, cool. Is Ash's Gengar... This is a weird thing. I I could just Google this, but I, I'm, like, scared to because I know the answer's no. Um, but it is a, a thousand percent a missed opportunity if Ash's Gengar is not the evolved form of the Haunter that he met in Kanto. It, I don't it, believe so, no. That's awful. That, that's a t- terrible, awful missed opportunity. <laughs> it very much is. Uh, but anyway, gamers, I think that's about all she wrote um, for what I've been doing in Pokemon outside of our topic. Speaking of which, we're just, you know, we're just, we're just two guys hanging out. Um, I, had, I had a big, I had a more grandiose topic relating to more relevant shit. Um, for if we got more than two people in here. But since it's just the two of us, I figured we'd do something uh, more casual. I, I want to have a bigger cast for the other topic. So we're just going to discuss uh, the Alola games, those being Pokemon Sun and Moon, and then subsequently Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon uh, for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, so I guess I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'm not going to know how to answer it because I have fucking amnesia, but maybe you'll know how to answer it. Um, what, at what point in your life were you when Sun and Moon got announced? How did you feel about it when you first heard about it? What was your, like, first exposure to Sun and Moon? I distinctly remember watching... Well, let me, let me look up the date, but I vaguely remember watching the first trailer for Sun and Moon when I was getting the, uh, little baby to sleep. When the seven, six-year-old correspondent was a one-year-old correspondent, man, I was very much, very much hyped over it. It's something with the with the fucking music, man, that got me. Yeah, the music in Alola is masterful, um, and I'm I bet they probably made good music choice for that first trailer. I don't really recall. Um, let me look up the release date and see if that jogs my memory as to like what what I was doing at that time. Uh, so it was, it was November 2016, so it probably got announced at some point, like, earlier in 2016. Um, okay, so even t- smaller baby. Even smaller baby. Um, even smaller baby. So I would have been in, like, 7th grade? 8th grade? God, she makes me feel old, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> when it got announced? Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't quite remember how I feel about it when I heard about it. It, it actually, well, I, the reason I don't remember is because I didn't feel any particular type of way. I had some level of hype, but it was just hype for the new Pokemon game. No, nothing about Sun and Moon particularly gripped me, like, in the moment. I was just like, oh, new Pokemon game. Looks pretty cool. 
Lo looks about equivalently as cool as any other Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, so fa fairly middling impression of Sun and Moon. Um, so I guess next question about uh, first impressions of Sun and Moon uh, versus maybe a little bit later down the line. Who, when you first saw those three little babies on your screen in that trailer, those those three starters, who who were you wanting, and did that choice remain once you actually got your hands on the game? I immediately wanted Pop Leo, and yes, it did. You see, um, half of my usually is similar. <laughs> usually, my uh, Pokemon voice just kind of defaults to the water types. Uh, the exception to that rule being Gen 1, which is Charmander. So I... It's like first, the worst exception to that rule, because Squirtle is so based. <laughs> He's the cute little turtle guy. But yeah, um, I definitely gravitated towards... I'm you know, sorry, I have, to, I have to use another adjective so you acknowledge me. That Squirtle, Squirtle's so cool, there you go. Now, now, now you can acknowledge. <laughs> thank you for the clarification. But, uh... So, again, half of my story is similar. When I first saw that trio, immediately Poplio. First of all, I thought it was pronounced Popolo <laughs> when, I, when I first saw it. I don't even think I saw it in the trailer. I must have seen it, like, in text form and, like, misread it. Because I'm sure in the trailer they say the names. <laughs> but I, I saw the starters, and immediately I wanted Poplio. Poplio was my baby. I, I used to... <laughs> I, I clearly, this is one thing I do remember about, like, around the release of Sun and Moon, is I remember when I found out about the Sun and Moon starters, I did, like, this dumb bit and annoyed people I was working on a PowerPoint presentation with, because I kept hiding, like, a picture of Poplio in our PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, it was pretty silly. Uh, but, yeah, I was a big Poplio guy. And then those middle forms got revealed. <laughs> and uh, Oh, come on. Enough with the Brion hate, man. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, we're, we're talking, we're discussing Sun and Moon, and this is when it's appropriate to come up. I legitimately, I saw the middle forms, and I was like, alright, I'm not on Team Boplio anymore. This looks awful. <laughs> and I immediately jumped ship to uh, Litten's side, which was only cemented when we got the final forms, because Incineroar is fucking sick. And he is definitely my favorite of the three. Um, he he's the best. He's awesome. Love Incineroar. Great guy. Um, so yeah, I actually I flip flopped <laughs> prior to the release of the game, uh, which which then happened again in Galar. I've talked about that before. Don't do it to me, Quaxley. Please have good evolutions, Quaxley. Please. <laughs> yeah, that's um. I can tell you right now that's where I'm at. Is is so far I'm Team Quaxley. Ginji, if you're gonna play a game, you gotta turn the volume off, my guy. At the very least, <laughs> oh, I heard right. some I kind of. That <laughs> just so happened to be playing Arceus, just to kind of um, to help pass time. Understandable. Uh, the, I've given up the fight at this point. There's no defeating any of you motherfuckers on not playing fucking video games during the goddamn podcast. <laughs> the, the, there's no escape. I've been defeated. <laughs> Soundly. At least you've acknowledged it. Yeah. You, you gotta mute the game because you have like shitty Bluetooth earbuds and I can hear every sound. So if you're gonna play it, you gotta like mute it all the way. <laughs> I turned it down. Okay. But, uh... Ah, take a shot, guys. 
God damn it. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. No, 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 no. You're going to, the demons are coming back. The demons are coming back. (laughs) But, um. I just need to, I don't know why I say, we got to stop saying, but, um. The thing is, it's like, we feel obligated to fill silence. That's what we have an editor for. That we can just be silent until we think of what we're gonna say. <laughs> why? Why do we say but um so much? <laughs> just don't talk until you know what you're gonna say. <laughs> why is this so hard to get through my mind? <laughs> I think it actually helps me think. That's the thing. If I if I try to think of what I'm about to say, I have to say but um, and that like that gets my brain rolling. <laughs> it's the trigger word. I don't blame you. So I guess getting like first impressions of the game out of the way. Well, I guess uh, another first impression question before we move on is: How did you feel about the real Zemus when that got dropped and whatever? I liked it. Happened? I thought it was fun. I thought it was unique. Oh, what's the new mechanic in Scarlet Violet called? Uh, Thrastalizing. Uh, Thrastalization. Like yeah. Thrastalizing looks interesting. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys who's like, all gimmicks suck, gimmicks are bad. I do want them to get rid of the gimmicks, because it feels weird that they're focusing on them, and they're never like, oh shit, it's so cool, I love this, the game wouldn't be as good if it didn't have this. They've never been like that for me, even Mega Evolutions wasn't like that for me, even though Mega Evolutions were like sick as fuck. Um, But I've I've never been like a big Debbie Downer about it, I think terrestrialization has the potential to be interesting. I feel like it's going to get banned from Smogon, though. <laughs> yeah. considering, considering they banned Dynamax, and this seems to break competitive in a whole new and different way, because uh, the way it's framed, it seems like... I, I haven't watched a lot of the trailers, I guess, so I don't know if this has been further clarified to not be the case. But what it seems like is you can make any Pokemon any type for a limited amount of turns, and that seems like something that Smogon will not want. <laughs> I haven't really played Smogon in a long time. Yeah, I don't play it as much. Like, Gen 7 was... <laughs> we're talking about that right now. Uh, but Gen 7 was, like, my main competitive stomping grounds. That was, like, the time I was actually, like, spending time, like, on the OU ladder. Now I really don't. I don't really... I haven't yet gained a grasp of the current Sword and Shield metagame. Like, I've tried the team build a few times, and it's never really worked out. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll figure it out eventually. I was really into Gen 8 Competitive, like, when it first came out. Like, back when it was broken. Because, like, it's, it's kind of fun when it's broken, you know? I, I kind of like things being a little bit broken. I, I liked having Dynamax and Dermanitan not being banned. It was fun. So I, I, I actually did get into, like, ladder shit, like, at the beginning of Gen 8. But then, as Dynamax got banned and Dermanitan got banned, I kind of lost interest. And then... Now now there's, like, the DLC and shit, and the metagame has, like, fucking changed drastically, and I have no idea what's going on. So, but hey, apparently I'm pretty good at PU, <laughs> so that's good. But uh, I guess when I saw Z-Moves, I was kind of skeptical. Like, I, I remember the Sun and Moon... I remember the Sun and Moon release cycle before Z-Moves got revealed. Obviously, the talk of the town was, ooh, what new Mega Evolutions you were going to get? And unfortunately, the answer was none, because they changed gimmicks. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I think Z-Moves are cool. Um, I, I thought they looked cool when I saw them, but I was like, oh, this isn't replacing Megas, is it? Which I guess technically it wasn't, because the Megas were still in the game, but we did not get new Megas, so in that way it did replace Megas. Um, 
yeah, it, it's pretty cool. And then once the game came out, I obviously once I got my hands on Z moves, I, I I became a pretty pretty big fan. I've always again Gen Seven competitive is my top stomping grounds. I like, I kind of like that structure of when you're because building a team now is like wild west. The you you had to kind of like do just like figure out team synergy like with all six of your Pokemon, whereas in Gen Seven. <laughs> It was kind of a little bit simpler because two of my team slots would be like, okay, who do I want as a mega, and who do I want that can best utilize a Z move? Right. Yeah. So, I, so I liked that part of team building in Gen Seven competitive. I mean, I've seen some pretty like banana Gen Seven strats with only two Pokemon versus an entire team of six. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, those strategies are as old as time. You got the you got the fear Rattata. Yeah, you had all sorts of interesting things. Those, the recycle Magnemite strategy, <laughs> all sorts of silly shit. Uh, I I like that Z Splash is great. <laughs> I'm a big fan that they made Z Splash like amazing. Uh, a, can you remind me? I haven't thought about Z Splash in years. Uh, Z Splash is plus three to attack immediately in one turn. Magikarp's gonna rush it. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, maybe not Magikarp, but Gyarados will certainly wreck some shit. <laughs> what other Pokemon Let me just gets splashed? Fucking Lopunny gets splashed. I, I, I bet that. I bet that had to. So does Cosmog. True. <laughs> not that. Not that Cosmog is very commonly used in competitive. Maybe. Maybe we see some Z Splash, uh, Lunala, or Solga- Solgaleo in uh, Ubers. <laughs> that that could be. <laughs> But, uh, but I that, guess that would be interesting. Now, now that we've kind of front-loaded it with our first impressions of the game, we can talk about how actually having the games in our hands and just kind of uh, casually discuss our thoughts and our journeys in the Alola region. Um, so, Jinji, just just tell me about some of your favorite memories of Sun and Moon. And at this point, we can also... I don't think we have to talk about our impressions of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, because I think they were, like, <laughs> the same, except for like, oh, the Ultra Recon Squad. I guess Team Rainbow Rocket was pretty hype. That that might be the one thing. I'm sure. I'm sure we both had pretty big reactions to Team Rainbow Rocket. <laughs> but other than that, kind of the same game, um, but just like with more shit added. It's it's the Emerald, but they said we can make it more money if instead of we do an Emerald, we do a two Emeralds. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we get yeah. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Um, so I guess what are just some of your best memories of playing Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and what are your general impressions of those games? I liked the difference with these games as far as trials instead of gym battles go. I liked how it was how it was different that the region felt alive. Um, the most memorable thing to me would be. Um, Mimikyu stage at the haunted Pokemart. True, that that is very memorable. That was a uh, Acerola's trial, right? She's the ghost. Yeah, it was Acerola. God, Acerola might might just be nine. might just be the best Pokemon waifu. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite just general Pokemon came out of that region too. You know, Mimikyu was one. I love the Rock Rough line. The Pokedex is very strong, like extremely so. Like there are so many great new designs. Um, the 
the spread of old Pokemon is also very good, talking about the regional Pokedex in specific, including the older Pokemon as well, especially in Ultra right. Sun and Ultra Moon, but in the vanilla as well, there was good spread. Um, yeah, really good. Um, and I agree with you. You said that you, you're talking about how the po- how the region feels more alive uh, with the trials, yeah. and I think that that extends far past the trials. I think Alola is like the most one of the most alive feeling regions in history because they just did so many small things in that game that made the region feel like dynamic and real in a way that maybe no other Pokemon region has. Like that sounds like some pretty high praise, but I think it might just be objectively true. <laughs> I mean, I could argue that Unova felt alive as well. That's that's fair. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but Alola, just they did a lot of cool things. The characters are very dynamic. Um, the the addition of those little side quests in Sun and, in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I don't know if they were in the vanilla game, uh, but in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, there were those little side quests that kind of made the world feel more alive. Um, they're Right. I like this is a small thing. I I assume this carried over to Sword and Shield, but I don't really remember. Um, is Pokemon trainers actually having Pokeballs that aren't Pokeballs? Pokemon trainers that aren't you actually having like Great Balls and Ultra Balls and Dust Balls and shit. Mm-hmm. That that was cool. That was a great like small touch that ma- it makes all the difference in terms of the world feeling more real. Because it's like, yeah, uh, other trainers would use other Pokeballs. <laughs> Instead of us being the trainer character that is single-handedly supplying the demand of Great Balls and Ultra Balls. <laughs> yeah, we're the only ones. <laughs> they produce them for us. <laughs> and obviously the, the actual regional design is really cool. I like the tropical setting. Um, to speak on Trials for a minute, I know you said you really like them. I'm kind of 50-50 on the Trials. They do... You see, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some trials that were just absolute garbage. I didn't like it, but the thing about the trials, like on on a principle level, I like the change. Yes, on a principle level and on like a world building level, I like that Alola kind of has its own thing going on. I like that plot wise, but the trials are kind of (laughs) dumb. Like, I feel like if you're gonna go into trials, you kind of have to make them trials. Like, there has to be something to them. I think every trial was fucking completely brainless. <laughs> I, I can't recall a trial that actually provided some sort of challenge with its trial. The totem Pokemon are very challenging. That's not what I'm saying. But the trial that surrounds you getting to those totem Pokemon, I do not remember struggling with any of them in any fucking way. The like the the most the one that was like the biggest affront was that the the Kiawe trial, where it's like Oh, what's the completely obvious different thing in this picture that no person with an IQ of o- of of over fifteen would ever get wrong? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I feel like they they should have gone harder, but but they can't because Pokemon has to be accessible to dumb babies. Um, which I guess that logic doesn't even really hold up because I don't know how accessible Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are to dumb babies because those games are fucking hard. <laughs> Ultra Cross, my dude. Jesus. Ultra Necrozma is a... Th- <laughs> There's a monster. A, a menace to society, if, if ever there were one. Another thing that I will say about um, Gen 7, well, I felt like as a whole, it, that generation was just shot. 
like compared to other generations, while the games themselves were fun, it's low on the pole for me as far as like generation wise goes. Because you essentially had the same region for just a single generation. Granted, that's the same way with Generation Eight. Or no, I take that back because of Legends Arceus and BDSP. But well, you should take that back for Gen Seven too, because of Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So we got we got Kanto too in Gen Seven. No, yeah, valid. I just I, I I wish people know what generation Meltan and Melmetal truly belong. It's seven. The answer is seven. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, I mean, yes, because they they can't be in Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon because they weren't programmed to the game. So I guess that's the argument for them not being Gen Seven. But Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are Gen Seven games. They came out before Sword and Shield. That makes them Gen Seven games. So yes, Mel Metal is a Gen Let's Seven. Let's Go Pokemon. Pikachu and Eevee were so much fun. They were. Oh, and that leads into my other other thing about Gen Seven. Gen 7 gave one of my favorite ways of shiny hunting. Was through the, the SOS battles? Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been into shiny hunting. I think I tried an SOS chain once. And much like most other shiny hunting methods, I lost patience after a very short amount of time. <laughs> I think I had, like, a shiny foreign ditto for Masuda methoding in my Sun and Moon copy, too. But I, I never really did much with that, either. No, I think that might have been Sorted Shield that I had that. But either way, I remember giving up on Masuda methoding pretty quick, too. Shinies are just kind of like a thing that I find sometimes. Um, and I think that's okay for me. I don't, I don't have the time to invest in hunting for them. Princess, what is that noise you're making? Who are you talking to? <laughs> the dog that I'm babysitting. You throw up on my floor, Princess, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh, Jason, please keep this in. Uh, Jason doesn't edit the show anymore, Jiji. <laughs> oh shit, who does? Demi. Demi, keep it in. Keep it in, keep it in. She will, because she definitely does not listen to the whole show when she edits, much like Jason. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh... God damn it. I'll take a shot. If only. If only I had shots <sighs> to take. Uh, so the reason why I wanted to bring this up, I guess I'll kind of just go on my uh, little little review of what I've played for a bit, because uh, why I brought this up is about a week or two ago, um, I, on a whim, started playing through Ultra Moon, and now I have like 12 hours on that file. So I've been playing a decent bit of right. the Alola games. Um, are you just doing the casual run, or are you doing some sort of dust? Out of it. If I was doing some sort of Nuzlocke, it would have ended about 11 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Were you... I'm trying to remember, because the reason I bought this Ultra Moon cartridge was for Dicketeers. Did you try to do Dicketeers Ultra? And how did that go for no. you? No. Uh, I don't I remember you did. Didn't, didn't... I think I you can't like, remember, to be honest. I, th I think you subbed in for me, and you like briefly started your file, and then you realized you didn't have time, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Hell, I can't remember, dude. Because I, I signed up, and I was ready to participate, and I did. I participated to the best of my goddamn ability, but not much I can do when I'm just so shit at the game that I wipe to the Yima's Smeargle, like, seven times. <laughs> Eventually, it was like, okay, I'm not gonna make it past the Smeargle. 
I'm just going to have to give up. I, I was prepared to see that through the end, and if I could have survived, I would have. I swear to fucking God. But unfortunately, that Smeargle was just too big of a too big of an obstacle. It was not ideal. You were just crippled by random shit. That Smeargle is so hard. When you're, when which you're playing... one would you argue was harder to deal with, the Smeargle or the Deli Bird? Well, fuck you, first of all. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that Smeargle is it is, like, completely broken. Like, because how that Smeargle works is, if you're unfamiliar with Yima's Smeargle in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, um, he has adaptability, um, which boosts the power of, like, low-power moves. So he comes with, like, elemental moves. I think he has, like, ember, leafage, and, like, bubble. So their, their powers are boosted from 40 to 60. And then he has Tackle, which is boosted by Adaptability and also Stab. And, and it becomes like 90 base power at that point. And that early in the game, 90 base power fucking hurts. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> impossible to get past while maintaining, while, main, while maintaining a level where you're not going to surpass the level limit before you get to Totem Radicate. Um, it's, it's awful. <laughs> so, Ultrasound, Ultraman, Nuzlocke, Hardcore Nuzlocke, not, not great. Well, I guess the strategy I might try to employ if I do an Ultraman Nuzlocke next time, I don't know why I didn't think of this, I probably just should have done this, um, where I just pick, like, the strongest Pokemon I have access to, and just level it up to, like, one level below the level limit, and use that against Yima, and then just box it after, that, that, that probably would have mm -hmm. been a strat. <laughs> but I didn't think of that at the time, so. Uh, but anyway, uh, I I opened up the file so I could tell you my team currently. Um, as far as game progress, I am currently literally right outside the door to Sophocles' trial. Um, so that's where I okay. am currently. I'm on the uh, third island, Eula Eula. Um, and I picked I picked Rallet this time uh, because I played with Incineroar in my Sun file. Uh, so. Right now, my team is I've got uh, Ollie the Decidueye, uh, Ripper the Lycanroc, Squibbly the. Why can't I remember the names of Pokemon? Malamar, that's the name. <laughs> uh, Loopy the Trumbeak. No, that, nope, Trumbeak is the, the middle one. Uh, <laughs> it's Toucanon, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, Toucan Sam? The, Toucan Sam, that's right. Well, that's why I named her Loopy, because Fruit Loops, that's the bit. <laughs> uh, then you got uh, Jenny, the Rabombi, and Punky, the Primeape. So this, this is my squad of boys, all fully evolved, all ready to go. I don't know if I'm going to make any substitutions before the league. I do not have a good core of type coverage right now. But like, I'm so attached to my boys that I might just try to like live through it. I need, because, like, you have to have a core. Like, if you want your team to mm -hmm. be good, you got to have either a fire type, a water type, and a grass type, or a fairy type, a steel type, and a dragon type. And right now, I do not have such a core. <laughs> um, I caught, like, a... I was going to try to do a fire, water, grass core, but, like, I just, I can't, I can't bring, bring myself to replace, replace the boys. I can't do it, Jinji. They're they're such good boys. Much good, such well. I love 
manky and primeape so much. <laughs> I I was I was inspired to use one again by Professor Alex Silver. I watched the video about Ash's primeape. And I was like, oh my god, manky and primeape are both great, and manky is fucking adorable. And so is Primeape when you pet him and he closes his eyes like Mankey does and he looks just as cute. It, it, it's great. I love Mankey and Primeape. They're good pig monkeys. Punky the Primeape is my best friend forever. <laughs> and yeah, the game, the game has been really fun so far. It's been great to experience Alola again. I've never beaten the Ultra games, uh, so the, the plot twists, although I've probably heard about them, I don't really remember them, uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, to see uh, what happens, and I'll see if I remember it when it does happen. I know I know Team Rainbow Rocket is at, is post game stuff, and that'll be fun uh, when I get to that. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's been really fun uh, playing through the Lola games. That's why I just wanted to t- kind of discuss them casually because they're just they're re- they're a really fun set of games. But again, that they are just so full of life. Um, the region is like so greatly designed. Um, it also has like, I think it's like second to black and white in terms of like having one of the best plots in Pokemon, like one of the best like actual stories. <laughs> and I, I think black and white is the undisputed king in the in that regard. But Sun and Moon is right behind it. I don't know if you agree with that assessment. So yeah, it, it, Sun and Moon overall. I mean, I would obviously recommend Ultra Sun and Moon, but you got to play through these games. Yeah, if you if you haven't played Gen Seven, if that's like something you skipped, because actually, as I've heard, uh, the Pokemon f- community is kind of split on Alola. A lot of people don't like these games. I mean, is, I can understand why. There, there, there are some issues. I actually did not like the games when I first tried them. It, it took me like a couple tries to get into it. In fact, I believe this show was airing in its early stages back when I still hated this game. You you may go back to early episodes of Pokemon Variety Hour and hear me talking shit about Sun and Moon, but I, I came around on it. I, I think it's really good. It, its main issue is, like, its first three hours <laughs> are just, like, hand-holdy tutorial bullshit. <laughs> Which, fun fact, guys, <laughs> a lot easier to get through when you're under the influence of marijuana. Because <laughs> you can just look at the pretty Pokemon and the pretty colors, and then before you know it, you're out of the shitty tutorial, and you're in the real game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other aspects uh, that can be discussed about this game. I guess, uh, how do you feel about the Ultra Beast? That's, that's an interesting thing about I fucking love these games. I fucking love them. Like if I if I had to to say which one my favorite one is, I, I like Poipol. It's very hard for me to say what my favorite Ultra Beast is. A lot of them are very solid. Um, Guzzlord is really cool, but like I've never touched him, so I don't know like how he plays. Um, Cartana and Blacephalon are kind of like in an eternal struggle. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, hold on. I forgot about another great boy. It's it's Blacephalon, Katana, and uh, Buzzwool are the three that are like in contention for my favorite Ultra Beast. Um, if, I guess if I had to make a call now, it'd probably be Buzzwool because Buzzwool is the one that I've used the most um, because I used him on competitive teams a lot back in the day um, because he had access to bulk up and he had access to strong draining stabs. 
strong double stab that had health draining. He had drain punch and leech life, which is fucking madness when you have like bulk up set up and you're just like you have mad sustain with drain punch and leech life. He he's very good. I, I love using Buzzwell in competitive. Man, that could be a potential future PBH episode, Riley, is to talk talk about moves that desperately needs an update or moves that got an update that are now good when yeah, previously Leech they life. were absolute <laughs> jack shit. Leech Life being the prime example of that. It used to have like 15 base power and now it has 80. <laughs> good stuff. It's so weird. I like it. It's a welcome decision. But who d- decided that and why? Like, I'm shocked they didn't just, like, make up a new move. They were just like, remember Leech Life? Let's just make it amazing <laughs> instead of completely unusable. <laughs> I wonder how they, how they reached that idea. Who knows? Who knows what goes on in those silly little Pokemon company people's mind? Who knows? Who knows what Jonichi Masuda is cooking up out there? Who knows? He, he doesn't cook up anything anymore. I think he's like, he, he, I think he's beyond that now. <laughs> Isn't he like the music director now or some shit? I think so. Like he, he now he's got his niche. <laughs> or no, he's like some weird. What the fuck is? Uh, I'm gonna have to Google this. Junichi <laughs> Masuda. He's the CCO of the Pokemon Company now. He left. He left Game Freak and became the CCO of the Pokemon Company, which I don't know what CCO means. Maybe Jinji does. <laughs> um, uh, Chief Customer Officer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is generally responsible for customer research, communicating with company employees, and taking charge of customer experience metrics. There you go, folks. Now you know. So that, that's what Janucci Masuda's up to nowadays. More, more power to him. Man. Okay, I'm going to say that Jinji disagrees with this. He's going to groan the moment I say this, but it, it has to be said from, from me to the audience, who maybe some of them agree with me on these opinions. Going back to Ultra Stone and Ultra Moon, which are the games right before Sword and Shield, and seeing how amazing they are, they are, almost makes Sword and Shield worse. <laughs> because the Sword and Shield are the fucking opposite of Sudden Moon. Sword and Shield are so devoid of life as single player experience. It's the world does not feel nearly as alive as Alola does. It's not nearly as charming. Ultra Sun mm-hmm. and Ultra Moon are so amazing and so great. <laughs> and Sword and Shield are not. <laughs> and it's really unfortunate <laughs> to, to go from such a high high to the, the lowest low. <laughs> to, truly, to, truly a sad, sad thing. Which, mm-hmm. thankfully, thankfully, Scarlet and Violet, as far as what I've seen, do not... They, they look to be much more rich as a single-player experience and much more alive than Sword and Shield, um, maybe even more than Sun and Moon, even because the open world aspects, a lot of the cool features that they're adding, customization stuff. Um, this this game is, I'm I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Scarlet and Violet end up being my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Um, but th- this is not that episode. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, Sun and Moon. God, God, they're so good. Lola's so good, Jinji. Who's your favorite uh, Alola Pokemon? Mimikyu. <laughs> hey, Jinji, guess what? Me too. <laughs> hey. Let's go. <laughs> Mimikyu was like my second favorite Pokemon ever. <laughs> I, I it adore Mimikyu. It just wants love. That's all that it wants. It just wants to be loved. And I, I'm more than happy to provide that service. <laughs> <laughs> because Mimikyu is a precious angel who deserves the world. But uh, Rockruff is a close close second. True. Rockruff is really cool. Lycanroc. I've always been a fan of the Midnight form, which is why I particularly went to use a Rockruff in this run, because I played Sun when I did the original, um, and I'm not as into the daytime form uh, as I am Midnight, so I did not use a Rockruff in that game. But now that I'm playing Ultra Moon, I get to use that midnight like in rock. I'm having a good time. He looks sick, and I love using him. So, out, out of curiosity, I, I don't remember this from my original run, but maybe you do, and I can say it at, for my current Ultra Moon run. Do you remember how many times you like died when you played Alola originally? Not, no, not I like don't. In, not I can tell you. Number, but like, did you die often? Did you not die at all? I did not. Um, overall. I struggled with Ultra Necrossman. Like yeah. pretty pretty bad. I've heard I've heard that like Ultra Necrozma is so awful that most people just run a full team of like toxic stallers. <laughs> but uh so far in Ultra Moon I had died exactly one time, and it was against Totem Marowak. <laughs> to Totem Marowak did not go well. I went in, I was a little underpowered, um the the deciding factor was before I rematched Marowak, I leveled up my Rockruff two levels to evolve it into uh, Lycanroc, uh, which was able to win me the battle. But back when back when he was a Rockruff, uh, him and the rest of my team could not stack up to that Toad of Marowak, and that's that's the only battle I've lost so far. Gotcha. We'll see, we'll see if I lose. I hear I hear some there's some pretty hard battles later, not just Ultra Crosma either. I hear about some other battles too, uh, so we'll have to see. Um, but are there any aspects of are there any other aspects of this game we want to discuss? Uh, no, not really. Well, I guess how do you how do you feel about Hal as a rival? I meant to bring that up. I was thinking about that. He's uh, he's fine. Today. He's all right. Here's the thing about Hal. I think the friendly rival trope is kind of associated with bad rivals, literally just because of X and Y. Like I think X and Y. The rivals in X and Y. Cherno and whatever the ginger motherfucker's name was, they didn't need to. So I like they existed no as characters, but they were not good rivals. They did not present a challenge. Well, well, Tierno could get pretty dicey if you were not prepared for him. He did have a sword stance corefish, which, you know, can be threatening at any point if you don't neutralize it correctly. But, uh... Yeah, the friendly rivals in X and Y were not good. I loved them as characters, especially Shauna. I'm a Shauna defender until the day I die. But she was not a good battler, that is for sure. She was. She did not present a challenge, and neither did uh, Tierno or Trevor. <laughs> um, but the other friendly rivals, not too bad. Well, Hop wasn't that good, I guess. Hop. I don't. I don't remember Hop being that challenging. But you know, Bianca and Sharon are very challenging rivals. I'm going to get to how. 
And Hal, despite being like the most like friendly, laid back rival who is depicted as not really caring about battle, he just wants to have fun with his Pokemon. Um, and he just he just thinks battling is fun and he doesn't really care whether he wins or loses. But despite being that character, he's he'll he'll give you a run for your money. He he's got a pretty good he had a, he's got a pretty good party. He's he's a pretty tough rival. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, he they do the Gen One your rival is the champion trope in Ultra specifically. Um, so that'll that'll be an interesting fight if I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> What'd you say? I think you cut out. I said I believe so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Man, Sun and Moon. I'm starting to like consider moving Gen Seven up on my ranking. Like that's how impressed I am on this on this juncture. I want to say though, once Scarlet and Violet comes out, I want to come back to re-ranking all the generations. I mean, for sure, we will. Um, we did that. We did an episode about that at some point, but we'll yeah, we'll definitely we do it again. Uh, right now, for me, Gen Seven is fourth place. Uh, the the generations that are ahead of it are uh, Gen Four, Gen Six, and Gen Two. Um, this is based mostly on main series games, um, not counting remakes. That's always kind of how I've how I've ranked the generations is based on their main games. Uh, uh, so Gen Seven is fourth place behind uh, Gen Four, Gen Six, and Gen Two. Um, but I'm starting to, you know, I've been playing Platinum recently too, and Platinum is good. Platinum is very good. But I'm thinking Ultra Moon might be a little better. I'm thinking Gen Seven might take that third place spot. I don't know. It's it's always tough to move Gen Four down because I got nostalgia for it. It was my first generation. It was my favorite for a long time. But then I like fell in love with Gen Six and Gen Two. And I'm, I'm I'm starting to have that same experience with Gen Seven. I think it might overtake it. I think it might reach that top three spot. Fair enough. Where where does Gen Seven rank for you? I'd say like top something. Fifth, fifth place. Okay, so that's bottom half, which unfortunate. <laughs> Any particular reason why it doesn't rank too highly for you? It's just because I like the other generations better that place higher on my list. I like all of the Pokemon games because it's Pokemon, but it's just me too. I like the other games more. I mean, even Sword and Shield is a fucking Pokemon game. <laughs> of course, I liked it. Um, every every Pokemon game is good because it's Pokemon. But it's just when you when you were oh, uh, words brain go <laughs> uh, comparing generation to generation. I, I think Gen Seven have got have got the legs to go the distance. It'll be interesting in fucking twenty thirty when we get the Gen Seven remakes. <laughs> <laughs> Gen Gen Seven remakes on the literal iPhone that has a chip that's implanted in the back of your eye. Apple gets a monopoly on all technology, and every video game is played in an Apple computer chip that's injected into your fucking spinal cord. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think that's about it. If you have any thoughts on the Gen Seven games, you should send a voicemail. There's a voicemail number in the description. Send voicemails. Send voicemails. Do it. Send a voicemail. You won't. You're you're too scared. You're too cowardly. Uh, we don't fight. It's okay. Don't be scared. Send a voicemail. Do it. Do it. Do it, pussy. Do it. <laughs> uh, but all right. Uh, that's about it for our topic. I think. 
which means it's about time for Jinji's favorite part of the episode. I don't know if he's prepared for it, so, but I'm going to make it do it. Yep. Make him do it anyway. Jinji, take oh, it I'm away. Prepared. Who's that Pokemon? All right. And uh, thanks to our uh, six-year-old correspondent at a time. Riley, you got 15 questions. Good luck. All right. All right. Um, is this Pokemon one of the starter types? Nope. All right. Is this Pokemon dual type? No. All right. So one solid type then. Cool, cool. Hmm. How do I narrow this down? Well, I guess no, because that's too obvious. But maybe he knows that it's too obvious, so he picked it because he knew that it would be too obvious and that I would say it last. Fuck it. Is, is this Pokemon native to the Alola region? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Worth a shot. Um, well, it's time to play this game. Is this Pokemon native to the Kanto region? Yes. Well, <laughs> that game didn't take very long. Uh, okay, so not grass, fire, or water. Pure typing from the Kanto region. Does this Pokemon... Or, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> Let me not put myself in a box here. Is this Pokemon part of an evolutionary line? Yes. Does this Pokemon evolve? Yes. Is this Pokemon a basic Pokemon? Yes. Alright, so first form, Kanto, evolves. Does this Pokemon evolve twice? Yes. Okay. So three stage, Kanto, not fire, water, grass. It's time to consult. Obviously not any of you, because you're the starters, so obviously you're starter typed. Could be you, could be you. Could be you. I know there isn't a crazy amount of three stages. Oh, and it's only one type. Uh, so... Huh. This is a toughie. Trying to think of how best to approach narrowing this down. Jimmy, please put the Jeopardy theme song here. And don't don't worry about the Jeopardy theme song. The, the silence gets cut out, Jinji. I'm allowed to think as long as I want. Damn it. Uh, it's not a lot of one-type boys. Is this Pokemon Psychic type? Nope. Oh. Is this Pokemon Dragon type? Yes, you got it. <laughs> Is this Pokemon Tratini? <laughs> Thank you to our six-row correspondent. Pokemon of the episode is National Dex number 147, Dratini, the go-figure dragon Pokemon. God damn it. One of these days, I'm going to get you. One of these days. Uh, let's see. What's the... no, I'll read it off of the best uh, uh, best game our best game of the generation is Pokemon Groovy. Dex entry state. Stratini continuously molts and uh, sloughs off his old skin. Does so because of the life energy within his body steadily steadily builds to reach uncontrollable levels. Right. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's Pokemon. Well, you had to read the Smogon set, Jinji. You forget how this works? I'm sure there's a little cup set out there for that little guy. Uh, the uh, The reason, by the way, if you're curious why I picked Jatini of all Pokemon. Okay. Is that tomorrow as of recording, so November 5th, uh, you guys, it's too late by the time you guys hear this. If you've done it, hopefully you got some. But Pokemon Go is having a Community Day Classic. 
So Dratini Community Day is coming back for a second time tomorrow. <laughs> That's the how, how to get Pokemon of the episode in one question if Gen Z's running it. Just see what the next Community Day is in Pokemon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, his base stats are 41 HP, 64 in attack, 45 in defense, 50 for special attack, special defense, and speed. There are no moveset strategies available for it. Um, when there's no strategies for Sword and Shield, move down to Sun and Moon. <laughs> that's, that's what I always do. Okay. Uh, 164 EVs in attack, 196 in special attack, 116 in speed. Holding D-Life Orb with the ability Shed Skin, Rash Nature, running Draco Meteor, Extreme Speed, Iron Tail, and Fire Blast. Okay, interesting. A nice mixed set. Cool. But all right, gamers, one session, one one section, I don't know why I said session, <laughs> remains. And it's time for us to duel in deadly combat. So, Jinji, let's battle. Cool. Uh, nose goes on narrating. What do you mean, nose goes? We can't see each other. <laughs> oh, I call no narrating. Some guy didn't need to narrate. No, 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 fuck you. We're flipping a coin, you bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm... Call, call it heads or tails. Uh, you know what? I feel like. I've been drinking, and uh, I don't know if I can do it. Okay, <laughs> you bitch. You cop out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Raging Ginger on Showdown, by the way. Ragging Ginger, don't you mean? Ragging Ginger, yes, ha ha. Yeah, ha ha. Hit up with that Gen 7 random battle, you know how it be. Someday I'll remember the Showdown segment far enough in advance that we'll actually get to do some fun team building. Someday. <laughs> but for now. Where are you, Gen 7 random battles? Where are you hiding from me? There, there we go. All right, folks. Um, so it's it's me, Riley, versus good old Raging Gingy. Um, on my side, we've got a Golisopod, and on Gingy's side, we've got a Gligar. Gingy, are you ready to begin? Yes, sir. Then let's a fucking go. Gligar leads out with Stealth Rocks, placing rocks on the field. Uh, Golisopod uses Knockoff, doing 34% of Gligar's health, and making Gligar drop his Eevee alive. Bastard. I am become error. Also, when did your name change on Showdown? Um, a long time ago. Gotcha. Alright, so on turn two, Golisopod comes back on my side of the field in favor of Golurk, um, who was hit by an earthquake from Gligar for 26% of its health. Let's see what happens next. Another earthquake does 26% of Golurk's health. Meanwhile, an Ice Punch from Golurk does the remaining 66% of Gligar's health. It is down. Um, Golurk loses some HP from its life orb, le leaving it at 32% in front of the Karakasta, which came out on Jindy's side of the field. I'll summon Karakasta in attack mode. And Aqua Jet from Karakasta is enough to finish off Golurk. We are now at a 5v5 state. Can we just talk about how cool of a design fucking Karakasta is? 
Yeah, Karakost is sick. I do love Karakost, though. Out comes Rotom on my side of the field, which does take 12% from Rock's damage. Uh, something that I assume Golurk also did, and I just didn't mention. Uh, but yeah, Rotom took some Rock damage, 12%, is at 88% in front of the Karakasta. Karakasta comes out in favor of Umbreon, who takes a Volt Switch for 24% of its health. Rotom takes some Life Orb damage on its way out. Now the question is, what do I want to do? You want to surrender and get the match no, I don't think so. <laughs> For perhaps that's not exactly what I intend to do. Rotom is switched out in favor of Glycopod, who takes 25% damage from the rocks and the switch in. Um, with some leftovers recovery, Umbreon is currently at 82%. What's gonna happen? First impression wipes Umbreon's health bar. Umbreon is down. Out comes Palisand on Jinji's side of the field. Glycopod switches out in favor of Chadot, who takes 25% from the rocks on the switch-in, and is immune uh, to Shadow Ball. <laughs> Get some leftovers recovery. Chatter from Chadot does 26% damage to Palisand, it confuses it. Palisand is confused, but hits through the confusion to get a Toxic off. There's some leftovers recovery going on in the field. Uh, currently Chadot is at 82%, and Palisand is at 80 And is confused. Another Chatter does 26% to Palisand, and Palisand uses Shore Up and restores its entire health bar. Fuck my life. <laughs> Chatter switches out in favor of Rotom, who takes 12% from the rocks. Uh, meanwhile, Genji switches out to Karakasta. <laughs> Pretty good. A Shadow Ball from Rotom does 47% to Karakasta. Uh, Shell Smash happens, uh, boosting all of Karakasta's stats, um, lowering its defensive stats, but that is quickly fixed by a White Herb. So now, Karakas is just real fast and real strong, and I'm in trouble. Aquajet just oh, barely damn. fails to kill Rotom! Karakas is taken out by a Volt Switch. Rotom does fall to the Life Orb damage. The field is now clear. What Pokémon will hit it next? Out comes Talonflame on my side of the field, who takes 50% from Rock's damage. Out comes Jump Shoes. Gum Shoes for Jinj. Trump Weasel. Trump Weasel, of course, of course. Flare Blitz does 46% to Gum Shoes, doing 17% in recoil to Talonflame himself. Um, a return from Gum Shoes is enough to take out the remainder of Talonflame's health bar. He is gone. I should have clicked the Z move. <laughs> I also shouldn't have revealed that that was the Pokemon that I had, that had a Z-move. <laughs> Poor shame. Poor shame. Out comes Glycopod, who takes 25% damage from the rocks. He's currently at 51% on my side of the field, facing dumb shoes. Let me guess, first impression. Oh! And a return kills. <laughs> <laughs> the glass wow. of blood, I was not expecting the gumshoes to hit that hard. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go for first impression. I went for liquidation because I was choiced and I wanted to have liquidation for the palace sand. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and now I have, I have two Pokemon remaining to Genji's three. Things are not looking good for me, fucks. <laughs> Out comes Chadot, who takes 25% damage uh, from the rocks. He is still toxic, currently at 51%. And a boom burst from Chadot is enough to take out Gumshoes. Gumshoes is down. Out comes Palisand on Jinji's side of the field. 
Chatter from Chatter does 29% to Palisand, it confuses it. Palisand hits through the confusion again and fucking heals up with Shore up. Fuck you, die. Chatter <laughs> 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 switches out in favor of Lunatone, who takes 12% from the rocks. Palisand is confused, uses Shore up, which does nothing. But again, does not hit itself in confusion because God hates me. <laughs> a psychic is a critical hit, does 60% to Palisand. Palisand's confusion ends. It hits a shadow ball on Lunatone for 57% of its health. Apparently, Lunatone is at 43%, while Palisand is at 46. Another psychic from Lunatone does 41% to Palisand, leaving it at 5%. But the shadow ball is enough to take out Lunatone. Lunatone is down. Out comes Shadot, the final Pokemon on my side of the field, 20% and Toxic. Um, Jinji has another Pokemon in the back that I haven't even seen yet that is at full health. You're going to hate me. Not You're going to fucking hate me. <laughs> You're going to say, God damn it. A Chatter is enough to finish off Palisand. Let's see what Jinji's last Pokemon is. Out comes Kangaskhan. Nice. <laughs> nice one. And Kangaskhan goes mega, uses fake out, chat out is dead, Jinji is the winner. Congratulations, good game. Good game, my guy. No! <laughs> that was the wrong button. <laughs> What'd you kick out? Craig. Uh-oh. We got Gyark, it's fine, it's fine, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. it's fine. <laughs> you see, I meant to click add a note, but instead, I clicked stop recording. <laughs> And there is no are you sure? It just does it immediately. <laughs> uh, but alright gamers, that about does it for this week's Pokemon Variety Hour. Sorry for the unplanned hiatus. Hopefully, I'm not gonna promise that there's gonna it's gonna go right back to weekly, but hopefully it does. That's the hope. You got me next week, Riley. Pencil me in, man. I got you. Aight, aight. As you know, we're rapidly approaching Scarlet and Violet, and I'll be damned if I let TVH go without covering that. True, true, and I mean, to, uh, to take the cat out of the bag, I think it's pretty obvious that that topic that I was weirdly vague about earlier, that it's obviously the obligatory Pokemon Scarlet and Violet hopes and predictions episode. I did want to have at least three of us here for that, and assuming that Penguin does not uh, once again fail to arrive, and we're at least able to have me, you, and Penguin, um, if not also Colo and Anaru would be the good thing, um, we'll do that. Cool. Uh, but all right, gamers, thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, shit, I forgot that plugs are a thing that we do at the end of podcasts. Gingy, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on my personal Twitter at Raging Gingy. Uh, I also run a podcast, or two of them at the current moment. Uh, the first one is called Pixels Polygons and Fun. You can find that wherever <laughs> podcasts are found. And then if you like anything pop culture, please check out Pop Shock Deeps while the show itself. <laughs> Very active podcast. Great. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, like, similar to PVH, it's also been been lacking. The, don't but say similar to PVH. PVH has not aired an episode in three weeks. I don't think Pop Shock Peeps has aired an episode in three months. So let's, let, let's not make comparisons here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's it for me. Meanwhile, oh, real quick, Gingy, you, you weren't big enough about your plug because uh, Pixels, Polygons, and Fun, the video game podcast, episode 200 is the next one on the docket. Oh, fuck, yeah, it is. Has that been recorded yet? Not yet, no. 
So feel free, leave a voicemail. Yeah, go well. It, like it'll pro- I imagine it'll be recorded by the time this is out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, probably. And also, thank you for reminding me, Riley. Uh, I mean, honestly, as soon as we end the podcast, I'm going to get off to go to bed because you know I have big boy job in the uh, early morning. But but yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do something for pixels. But that that's it for as far as my plugs go. All right. Uh, meanwhile, you can find me at the main place is anchor.fm slash Riley Megafeed. It's my main hub. There's some podcasts there, and the links in the description have all the current podcasts and social media and stuff that I do. Uh, but fuck all that. I don't care about you following anything else that I do except for The Issue Crew, um, which is the group podcast where me and six of my closest internet friends pick a topic each week uh, while rotating. It's not seven people every time. Don't worry. It's not complete chaos. Um, but a rotating cast of me and six of my uh, closest internet friends pick a topic every week and talk about it until we don't care anymore. It's great. It's good. Follow us on YouTube at The Issue Crew or check us out on podcast platforms, anchor.fm slash issue crew. Do it. It's good. Good show. Have you listened to The Issue Crew yet, Genji, or are you a bad friend? <laughs> I've been listening to it. Oh, sick. How, how do you feel about it? Good? Good podcast? I, I like it, yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. We got the Jinji endorsement, boys. Go check out the issue crew. <laughs> uh, but alright, thank you for listening to Pokemon Variety Hour. I've been Riley. I've been Jinji. And we'll see you next time.